Welcome to episode 172 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, it's a slightly brighter world today, everybody. We got the news one hour ago <laughs> as recording this. It, it is a an overcast, wet, rainy Saturday morning, but I think this is the best Saturday morning we've had in Los Angeles in a long time. In four years, <laughs> <Yeah>. at least. <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously. Like, All thanks to you, listeners. <laughs> yeah. We know you were the, the tide. They talk about the red wave, blue wave. They didn't talk about the Tim wave. The Tim wave. Everyone listening to us while you went out and voted. Um, but no, this is, this is relief and it's, uh, it's far from the end. Um, but oh, Joe yeah. won. We haven't actually said, oh, you yeah, haven't said yet. Yeah, Joe, won. Joe Biden yeah. won. <laughs> yeah. We have Madam Vice President for the first yes. time. Super exciting. Uh, California's own Kamala Harris. Very exciting. Um, no. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely something worth acknowledging. Cause, uh, I think everyone's just a little bit happier it's, today. Yeah. It's, it's that feeling of breaking out of groundhog day. Yes. Like the sense of euphoria that, uh, Bill Murray had at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. We finally get to experience We get that. to experience it is no longer Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. No, it's, it's nice to like wake up this morning and, and breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. Um, hopefully when this comes out on Tuesday, things will still be looking good. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we don't have to change anything. I know. Hopefully this won't sound terrible in hindsight. Uh, no, I mean, what, what can happen? What could possibly go wrong as they say in all the cartoons? What indeed? Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to make an acknowledgement of that up top. And then, uh, you know, going forward, I think news is going to happen sort of infrequently for us, uh, rather than every week sort of thing. You can blame me entirely. He's trying to censor me. I'm trying to censor Cameron as much as I possibly can. Yeah. I had I... so much prepared. Tiny <laughs> tunes. We're not going to get to talk about that. That's it. That's it. <laughs> the no, Tartofsky's new show. We're not going to talk about. Nope. Uh, no, I, you know, have been trying to kind of keep these things on the shorter side, which requires a lot of editing on my part. And, uh, my life has gotten a little bit busier recently and that's becoming harder and harder to do. Uh, so we will do a new section infrequently if something big comes up, like, I don't know if I'm continued to force to talk about casting and film announcements in the DCAU, I guess we'll bring it up here because I suppose it's relevant. Yes. And you can just hear my soul dissolving as I talk about it. Uh, but in general, I mean, but what do you, what, in, in the general sense, what do you consider newsworthy? Like if I go for a hike, is that newsworthy? Cameron, we got to the point where it was almost <laughs> newsworthy. We would talk about whatever came to our goddamn minds. We spent way too much time on Quibi. We did. It was this important. Podcast. It wasn't important to anyone, which is why it's gone. But yeah, so, uh, if it, if anything really jumps out at us, we'll, we'll talk about it. But otherwise we'll, we'll be leaving that section out going forward to kind of cut things down. And also this now means that I will stop just the day of telling Cameron we're not doing his question corner, which has been a very frequent thing that has it's happened. Fine. I mean, all this is, all, all this is telling me is I need to be sneakier with how I interject <laughs> my tangents. God damn it. I've revealed too much to Cameron about my editing process and yes. it's going to come back to bite me in the ass. Um, but yeah, so you hold no power over me anymore, mere mortal. <laughs> I'm just trying to control our voice, our collective voice <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, but it's fine. Cause think, look at it this way, Cameron, because we're not doing news this week. I've given you so much more time to talk about Arthur and Camelot. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I am giving you carte blanche to talk about that with the caveat that it may not end up in the final edit. <laughs> That's fine. 
<laughs> it's gonna be a 20 minute episode apparently <laughs> uh but no so we are we are back this week we're talking our next two-parter justice league episodes a night of shadows um which as we will talk about has a lot to do with uh, Arthur, Arthurian legends, and Camelot, and I cannot wait for Cameron's long-winded explanation about how this completely skews from established Arthurian legend. Uh, I've been decimating a nap, so that'll be a great opportunity I, for me to get okay. some winks in. I, I, when it comes to comics, I'm this. This very much goes against <laughs> my how I handled. Um, the Greek mythology episode. Yes, as I recall. Yes. But I don't know. There's there's something about a Thurian, I guess because it's like... Because it's fake? How dare you? <laughs> I mean, look, I get that Greek mythology is also fake, but like... Greek also, how dare you? Greek mythology and Roman mythology are also like inherently tied to the history of those two empires. Whereas I feel mm-hmm. like Arthurian legend is just like the longest running like British folktale. It's not quite the same thing. Yeah. Like there were actual knights and kings it's the, and yeah, shit. It's English fan fiction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the original English slash fiction. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also with Greek, like it's, I feel like it's a little bit more cemented where like you don't have that leeway to just like completely change characters. Yeah. Whereas a Thurian, you know, there's so many iterations of Morgan specifically, mm-hmm. even just how you pronounce her name. There's fucking 17 different pronunciations. Are we going to go through them all? Is this, yes. a, is this a Roz Rache <laughs> situation we're looking at here? Yes. Morgana. Okay. I say Morgan Le Fay. How do you go for it? Uh, I switch between Morgan and Morgana. Okay. But it's literally spelled Morgan in this one. So. But at the, it, when Edrigan first sees her, he calls her Morgana. Does he? Yeah. I wasn't paying that close of attention. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it 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 shifts between the two. I think both are accepted. Okay. More guy, if you read the the original book, is I believe how it's actually pronounced. Wait, there's an original book? Well, not the I guess the the first English translated version. Oh, okay. It's more guys or more geese is are the two like weird ones. Look, I'm always here for more geese. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but they're so loud, Chris. I love geese. All right, they're they're weird and like very territorial and like surprisingly like violent. Yeah, which you don't expect. They're also really cute. Same with swans. Yeah, swans are ferocious. I know birds in general. Yeah, I watched a video this week. They of, have so much airspace. Fucking give us the ground. Right? Somebody's so territorial. I watched this fantastic video on Reddit. This is doing nothing to keep <laughs> us on top. Like. <laughs> Shorter, but I watched this fantastic video of a couple of ducks saving like a small penguin from a bunch of hawks. Oh, and it was like, I love both ducks and penguins, so it just it totally made my day. Mm-hmm. It was adorable. Uh, yeah, on going going back to that point, yeah, I feel like with a Thurian, I'm way more open for slight changes because you know, anyone can just I feel like anyone just kind of add a story to our Thurian legend. You yeah, have, like you have a harder time just like adding a new god to the that's true to Mount Olympus. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I feel like Arthurian legend actually is <clears throat> unique in that regards because it's not as definitive as like classic Greek or Roman or even like Norse. Well, I feel like Norse mythology might have a little bit of flexibility, but like Greek and Roman is very very set in place. But it's also so old that it doesn't have like an original canonical source, right? Like mm-hmm. obviously at this point, Sherlock Holmes is mostly in the public domain and there's interpretations left and right. But at the end of the day, like there are actual texts you can go back to. And yeah, I guess right. Ar- Arthurian legend, it's it's not quite that. It's not quite either one of those things. Yeah. It's it's a um s- no other word, not serialized, opposite is episodic. It's an episodic mythology. Yeah. 
I mean, hell, even Guy Ritchie got a crack at it. Yeah. So, and it was okay. <laughs> As so many things from Guy Ritchie it are. It was better than the Robin Hood that came out shortly after. Oh, the one with Taron Egerton mm-hmm. with with my boy. Yeah, and Jamie Fox as mm. um, Honest John. Little no, John. Little John. Little John. Honest John is Pinocchio. Okay, don't know that either. But yeah, obviously we're talking all about Arthurian legend because uh, Morgan Le Fay is going to play a big part in this uh, because these episodes see the Justice League team up with the Demon Etrigan to stop the sorceress Morgan Le Fay from finding the fabled Philosopher's Stone. And to then resurrect Camelot and place her son Mordred on the throne. Mm-hmm. So uh, here is where I open the doors, Cameron. Take it away. Well, well I want I want to ask you first, okay, before I get into my stuff. Like, did you <laughs> did gracious. you like these episodes? I did. I really liked okay, them. Okay, good. Um, no, episode like, two. I feel like started with your favorite moment when they're at the Playboy Mansion. Well, I mean, that also that, having a Playboy Mansion in-universe is great. Yeah. No, episode two opens on shirtless cowed Batman. This is, tr- this is true, yes. I, I do Your love... favorite trope of the DC universe. <laughs> it is my favorite. Uh, it is used sparingly, but I actually kind of like that. I love that it's not overused. It's, you know, like an occasional titillation. Yeah, it's a nice little treat. Yeah, they throw it in for me, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm liking this episode. Oh, and as a bonus, shirtless Batman with yeah. his cowl on. It's like not all <laughs> hotels do the chocolate on the pillow anymore, but when yeah. you find that hotel that does the chocolate on the pillow, it's it's extra nice. No, it's, it, it's very like, surprising. It, it is. It, you know, a, a, a surprise shirtless Batman falls into, uh, you know, the, the center of a number of, you know, Venn diagram kinks for me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely here for it. But no, I, I really enjoyed these episodes. I remember really liking pretty much all of the Morgan Le Fay episodes. I think she's a great villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's fun to see them throw a different kind of villain at the Justice League. Plus, I love Etrigan. I absolutely Same. love him. And I'm pretty sure that it was these episodes that made me fall in love with him because I don't really... He's so grumpy. He is so grumpy. He but... makes Batman look so much lighter. Know, right? The one slightly disappointing thing here, though, is that this version of Etrigan doesn't speak in rhymes. Yeah. Which he normally does in the comics. And I, and I, I love watching the, the like, um, acrobatics that the writers have to go through to try and make those rhymes work. And sometimes they're really ham-fisted, but they're kind of supposed to be. Yeah. Which is part of the fun, and I I was a little bit disappointed when we weren't getting just a bunch of well, like in, in Brave and the Bold, he's in the limericks, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know he's there, and um, yeah, in some of the comics that I've read, he is as well. Um, they they have a very clever use of Etrigan in some of the um, Batman Beyond continuation comics, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, he speaks in rhymes there. It's like it's it's a really fun trait. Maybe it was just like a little bit too difficult to incorporate that. Oh, or, I'm sure. Yeah, or maybe it might have also come off as like a little bit too silly or whimsical. Yeah, you this. can't. It's it's hard to be grumpy in Limerick. <laughs> uh, for anyone out there who is a really grumpy Limerick Limerist, yeah, Limerickist. Well, who's the what, um, what is the adjective for someone who speaks in Limericks? Uh, bard. Sure. <laughs> who is um. Who's the the folktale villain? He's the main villain in Once Upon a Time. I've never watched Once Upon a Time. So I don't know. Rumpelstiltskin? Yes. Oh, wow. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> I feel like he, he like finds that balance of grumpy and limerick. Yeah. Wait, is is Mr. Mixius Pit like the Rumpelstiltskin of the DC universe? Because don't you have to like say Rumpelstiltskin's name to make him go away? Or am I just conflating mythologies? I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. I, I feel like we're going to piss off a lot of people this episode. That's, we're, that's the goal. Because we're going to be like, I think that's how that works. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the goal right now. <laughs> is this episode is going to get peak user engagement just correcting us. We'll have to make so many half-hearted apologies next mm-hmm. week. Fuck, I'm not even going to apologize. I'm never going to apologize for being stupid. No. <laughs> well, so on an immediate tangent, I'm actually my favorite game show. Yes. They they do in-game corrections. Mm-hmm. And so they'll fans can send in if, if they say something wrong in the question or the answer. Fans will send something in, and it's a side segment called, well, technically. <laughs> <laughs> the, the levels of pedantry involved in that are just so, yeah. so delightful. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I've definitely sent in a well technically before. Of course you have. That did not get on air, and I was a little <laughs> upset. Which is the best thing about that is to to open up that avenue for someone who wants to write in with the correction, and then to deny them the satisfaction <laughs> of hearing it. It only exacerbates the problem. Yeah, I am here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like I I quite enjoyed these. Like I mean, you being the the bigger Arthur fan of the two of us, um, you know, and all that implies. Guy Ritchie movies, cartoons about bears. Quest for Camelot. Ca- Quest yeah. for, yes, exactly. <laughs> which I rewatched this week. It's not good. Wait, which it does not hold up. Which one's Quest for Camelot? Quest for Camelot is the um, Amblanimation. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I yeah, think from I, like 1994, 96. I think I vaguely recall that, although I don't think I've ever actually seen it. It's the daughter of unnamed, or he's named. I don't remember his name. Daughter of. Um, member of the knight's table okay he's killed by a rogue knight um and the rogue knight tries to steal excalibur he drops it and the girl gets it and it's her trying to return it to camelot okay yeah i don't think i've ever seen this but i definitely remember its existence Mm -hmm. um oh that's right because yeah amblin had their own like in-house animation team that yeah amblin teamed up with uh what's his face the the rogue disney animator um, you're asking me if i if i would know who the rogue disney animator is cameron yeah, like if we're talking about things following the dead center of venn diagrams <laughs> this is disney and animation and like weird outsider things like all of that is I, in your what, forte what is his fucking name he he did uh <laughs> i was just thinking of his worst movies cockadoodle do <laughs> um he did fifel Oh, okay. Land Before Time. Um, I'm looking Titan up. AE. I'm looking up Rogue Disney Animator and seeing <laughs> what comes back. He was the one in 1981 that took a third of Disney's staff to go start his own company because he didn't think Disney animation was up to stuff anymore. Okay, I'm I'm not getting a good. I'm mostly getting Alan Tudyk because he's in both Rogue One and Disney Animation. That's fair. Yeah. He is the he is the rogue Disney. He is. God, Google, you are wildly unhelpful sometimes. It'll it'll come back to me mid conversation. Yeah. I'll scream it out. Of course. Uh, but okay. So of the two of us, like you know, you are far more invested in you know Arthurian legend. Like, how were these episodes for you both as like Justice League episodes, but also you know episodes that the dabbles in one of your your favorite mythologies. Uh, I loved it, mm-hmm. in, in especially in part two, having Greek mythology fighting. Arthurian mythology. Oh, with Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) The clash. Yeah. Mythologies. Um, No, I mean, it, it, 
pretty much it opens in <clears throat> Arthurian times. Yeah. It's Morgana storming Castle Camelot with Jason Blood being the one that kind of go. He, he plays Benedict Arnold and opens the gate mm-hmm. that lets her forces come in and take over. Um, obviously, none of that is how it actually happens. No. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot more sexual. <laughs> Wait, but Jason Blood wasn't. No. Okay. No, no. In, in the sense that Morgana and, you know, Mordred is Arthur's son. Uh, Morgana is his half-sister. Uh, mm-hmm. I, sh- I should have known. I yes. should have known there'd be some incest thrown in yeah, there. Yeah, she was married to another king that had just teamed up with Arthur. And then we have a little bit of Troy going on where Arthur's like, hey, I, I like your city, but I also like your wife. I'm going to go sleep with her. Uh, and then the great prophecy of, you know, if you sleep with your sister, you're going to have a kid that's going to overtake you. Uh, you know, those common prophecies. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. And that's also why Mordred's also such a little piece of shit. Yeah. I, I do love that these sort of mythologies are also often adapted into like kids entertainment. Yeah. And so much of this is, is just removed entirely. Mm-hmm. It very much goes to explain also why like Hercules is just based off of Superman, not at the actual story of Hercules. Right. So my, I, I think I've brought this up before. My new favorite Greek myth is the birth of Apollo and Artemis. Okay. Where they're, I believe they're both Zeus's kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hera was so angry with their mother, whose name I don't remember right now, um, that she refused to let her give birth on land. Okay. Um, and she couldn't give birth on sea because you know you need a place for the for the babies to land. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, so that's how that works. Yes. The mom, uh, Poseidon, swam her to an island mm-hmm. that was floating on water. So it was not considered like land via okay. Greek definitions, I guess. Mm-hmm. And to be safe, she climbed up a palm tree and had the babies in the tree uh, to, to spare them from Hera's wrath. Couldn't she have just given birth on a boat? No. What? It's too logical. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Fucking hell. I know. I love Greek myth. It's, it's so... I know. It's so batshit crazy. But, like, th- I think this is probably one of the best prologues we've gotten so far in mm-hmm. Justice League. Maybe my favorite, actually, because there's, like, this very succinct little story up front. And then it's also, you know, a, a really quick but effective origin of Etrigan. I forgot that Merlin is the one that curses Etrigan, not Morgan. Yeah, I've forgotten that too, and I, I don't know well, as a long list of things we won't know, but I think this is how this works. That, yeah. is, is that also in the comics too, that he's I've, cursed I've by never Merlin? read an Etrigan comic. Yeah, I haven't either, actually. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know how it's supposed to work, but I think it works very effectively here that, you know, he's he's punished beyond death for his treachery by Merlin. Mm-hmm. And I love that first shot too of him becoming Etrigan because it's, I think the most Jack Kirby would get of all of it because it's a little bit stylized in terms of the shadows. Yeah. Um, and it looks great. It does. You know, it's, it's a hell of a way to end the prologue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get also like when we're back to present, it's very fun because now it's just Etrigan and Batman for a minute mm-hmm. and it feels like the demon within again. Yes. That is still one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. And they, they do have a fun dynamic. Like, I feel like Etrigan pushes back on Batman in a way a lot of other people won't. Mm-hmm. But also you can tell that Batman like still runs the show. 
Yeah, well, it's 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 bad cop, bad cop, where bad cop <laughs> yeah. A is like, hey, I mean, like, we don't need to go that bad. Because <laughs> well, yeah, Etrigan, in this episode, Devin's like, are you willing to kill your team member to do this? Because I am. Like, yeah. I will kill John if you don't. Yeah. Uh, and then even calling the team, what was, what was his phrasing? Um, you, igno- uh, you pathetic, ignorant excuses of heroes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck, man. Like, I get that you're part of Arthur's circle, but, like, you guys weren't all great either. No, no, but he, he's just so cantankerous, which I, I love. Word. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm over here with my thesaurus, like, flicking <laughs> yeah. through, trying to find good words. Um, yeah, and so we learn that Morgana is... Morgan. Uh, Morgan. It's, it, either or. They're all the same. More yeah, guys. I'm, I'm going to correct you. Um, every time. More guys is searching for the the source of Excalibur's power, which is mm-hmm. the Philosopher's Stone, which I don't believe is normal canon ever. But it's cool. I, it's a cool twist that I like. Yeah, it's a good way to incorporate both. It, yeah, they've kind of woven together like Etrigan's history with Camelot, with the Philosopher's Stone in a very clean way. Mm-hmm. I, I did think it was interesting. They referenced that um, the Philosopher's Stone was originally a gem in the hilt of Excalibur, right? And that's yes. what gave it its powers. Mm-hmm. But then when they eventually find it, it just looks like a rock. Like, it, it looks like one of the, the stones from the fifth element. Like, it's just yeah. a, a rectangular, perfectly rectangular rock. Yeah, it's, a, it's an obelisk. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, another good word. Yeah. yeah we've been reading this week. We have. <laughs> We're just jumping to Egypt for a second. You know what I think this is? I think this is, we haven't poisoned our brains with inane news all week long. There it's, hasn't been any news to talk about. Been, no, no. It's I, been Tuesday for the past five days. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's just it's just a, a generic looking kind of obelisk. But no, I, I like the the interwove all of these things uh, together, mm-hmm. and I, I do love too that um, Morgan seemingly is keeping herself alive by being a youth vampire. Yeah. Which makes sense. It does make sense. Which then, that brought to me the question of, what are the different kinds of non-vampire vampires we've seen in pop culture? Like, Mm -hmm. Because I I immediately obviously thought of um, what we do in the shadows with the energy vampire, which is... And the emotional vampire. Yes, even better. Yeah, which is some of the most clever stuff out there. If you aren't watching what we do in the shadows, you absolutely should. It's so, so funny. I agree. Um, but like, I think that's maybe the best ones. There's the salt vampire from star Trek, the original series. Oh yeah. It's this really grotesque looking monster. It kind of looks like one of the, the Morlocks from the 1960s time machine movie. If you've seen that, it's like nope. they're, they're like, they're pale and muscular and have like, you know, like, like kind of, their eyes are like whited out because you know they don't really have to see because they're down in the dark and they have long white hair. But the difference is, is that these vampires, these salt vampires, also have like little suckers on their fingers. Mm-hmm. They're really disgusting. That's looking. interesting. We, didn't, we saw that somewhere else, didn't we? In the DCAU, didn't someone have? Oh no, it was we. I mean, we may have referenced Morbius in the Spider-Man cartoon. I think had to have suckers on his fingers because he couldn't actually bite anyone to draw their blood. Oh, I don't, I don't, that's my first time hearing about this. Maybe I'm just imagining things. I think you're just imagining things. I think these are just weird things in my head. Hang on. Let me, let me look up finger vampires. Ooh. I learned, uh, hey, I learned actually, to do... hang on, hang on. I am not going to look up the phrase finger vampires. <laughs> that is going to take me down a path that I don't want to explore right now. Yes. <laughs> Our podcast can only be so explicit. That's true. I did learn a fun bat fact this week. Though, oh, okay. Because I guess a lot of people are like, hey, this is bat week now. Which I'm like, sure. Why not? Why is it bat week? 
Well, maybe, maybe it was last week because it was Halloween, leading up to Halloween. Oh, okay. Um, if we could hear, if if the bat, like, uh, if their sound was at our decibel level, they're so loud. It's basically like when they scream, it's like a motorcycle revving up. Oh, wow. Which makes me so sorry for animals that can hear yes. at a bat frequency because, like, they're just screaming all the time. Oh, oh no. Those yeah. poor bats. I mean, the bats are fine with it, I guess. Wait, I oh, hang so on. So I, out of curiosity, I did I did look up Finger Vampires. It was not as inappropriate as I thought. If anything, it actually brought up, there's apparently this thing called the Vampire Finger Family. I don't know what this is. It's some sort of like scary nursery rhyme for kids. That, that does sound like a slightly like risky thing to name your kids entertainment. I feel like it is razor's edge away from being inappropriate yeah <laughs> i feel like toe vampire is probably the probably where the fetishes are that's true how have we not gotten that in a tarantino movie yet how is there not a toe vampire in from dusk till dawn you know he's we only see the final cut we don't see what's on that's, the floor that's true <laughs> i bet that he pitches it in every movie and at some point he's gonna wear us down. We're just like, sure, Quentin, just fucking do it. It's like, gonna it's gonna get through. It's your last movie. It's just gonna be feet people. <laughs> I would love that. It's, 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 it's Fantastic Mr. Fox, but Fantastic Mr. Feet. Well, okay, he has said he wants to end at ten films. Yes. And I cannot remember how many he has now, but I think look, is it eight? If you say either eight or nine, but let's also acknowledge that like 10 films, 10 toes. Ten toes. He can make it happen. He can. He can. I'm just imagining the box set. It's just a giant, two giant feet with the DVDs being the toes. <laughs> just one toe at a time. Uh, back to Etrigan. Back to Etrigan, yeah. I'm going to continue to look up non-vampire vampires here. That, that's fine. So, um, so Morgan slash Morgana slash Morguys uh, and the team... Or Etrigan and Batman realize they need help taking down Morgan, so they recruit the rest of the league. Uh, John makes his first mistake where he tries to find her with his not echolocation. With his, his telepathy? His telepathy. You're on a bat run right now, aren't I you? I am. I'm stuck in <laughs> you it. you got bats on the brain. Um, and she kind of poisons his brain with visions of his, his greatest desire, yeah. which I, I thought was... I, I don't remember these episodes from before. So this mm -hmm. is kind of my first time watching these. Um, I really enjoyed this because I didn't realize this is kind of them experimenting with the Superman episode we're going to get in JLU. Yeah. The one we haven't stopped talking about for four years. Yes, for the man who has everything. Yes. Because mm -hmm. um, it's it's the exact same setup. It's, it is. Uh, John with his wife. I, I, want, I have a question for you okay. before you look at your computer. Mm-hmm. How do you spell Mariah? Oh, God damn His you. Name God damn it. In Martian. Oh. Because it is so frustrating. You you are very lucky that I happen to not be on my, like, on the DCAU wiki page, which I normally have open, because I'm looking at our vampires are different on TV tropes. Um, okay, it's, it's M apostrophe Y R apostrophe H A? No, close. That that's actually a I, lot closer. I did have closed captions on. I always okay, watch the yeah, subtitles. They, they which, did have which helped double, a little bit. Uh, uh, 
double apostrophe. So it's M Y apostrophe R I A apostrophe H. Okay. Oh, I knew there was an H in there Mariah. somewhere. Mariah. Yeah. Maria. Yeah. Mariah. Maria. Yeah. You're right. It's just Mariah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm so frustrated by that. Um. Yeah. So John sees his wife, and he has two kids, and Etrigan kind of has to rip him from the fantasy, which almost makes it a little more tragic. Where, like, at least Superman learned it was, like, he told himself that it was fake. And so he got to kind of ease himself out of the illusion. Yeah. Where John is just straight up ripped out from his family. Multiple times. Yeah. No, it it's, I think maybe that's part of the reason this episode really landed with me. Is that, you know, it, it of course, found a way to have the heroes in conflict. You know, there's always, there's always some reason why, like, one of the... Just League is fighting the rest of them. It's usually Girl Like Rod, Mind Control, and The Flash. But here, or I really Batman liked being it. Batman. Just Batman being a dick. Here, I really liked it because you're right. It's grounded in you know like a, a very sincere emotional truth. And yeah, Secret Origins is essentially also the origin story of Martian Manhunter, and and he makes reference to losing all of his people. But I think this is the first time we've really seen his family, and we've mm-hmm. focused in that loss specifically on losing his wife and kids, and it's. Yeah, it, it is really heartbreaking, and you can understand his his loneliness. He even has that that speech to Batman at the beginning of episode two, where he says, like, you know, you can't possibly imagine what it's like to every day wish you could have your loved ones back again. And and not only is that impactful coming from Martian Manhunter going to Batman, but it's also the fact that Batman chooses to remain silent there, I think is a really interesting character beat and very You think point. you have it bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, my parents are gone. They only left me an infinite amount of money. <laughs> he's only left me a massive fortune. But it does go to show, like, that Batman treats that pain as very, very private. And that mm-hmm. he, he, the only person in the entire league who knows who he is is Superman. Yeah. And that's only because he peaked. Right. He cheated. <laughs> he cheated, a bastard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is, what, episode 20, 18, 14? What's uh, the number 20 and 21. Okay. So we no, now 19 and tw- 19 and 20. Hang on. Let me navigate back. I think 2021. Uh, this is my stalling voice. Uh, stalling voice. No. How dare you, sir? <laughs> no, it's 20 and 21. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have watched 21 episode 23 technically. Cause we, mm. we jumped ahead for one. Yeah. Oh, no, As, we're, we're back. Oh, we're back on track. We're back on track. Okay. Yeah. We've seen 21 episodes of Martian Manhunter. Has he done anything yet? No. Great. He will. <laughs> Finally, in part two, we get a moment when he's... Yes. When he's fighting, he turns... When, when the League is fighting him, because he's trying to give the stone over to, to Morgan, mm-hmm. he does, like, turn into solid metal for one moment so that... Yeah, that was cool. I didn't know he could cool. do that. It's like, where... Like, I love it that in the intro... In the fucking intro of the show, they see they, they show him turn from like this beautiful dragon mm-hmm. into the Martian Manhunter, and you're like, this never happens. No. I think that happens at the end of the series, end of Justly Unlimited, I think, yes. even. He finally goes that far. Because otherwise, he just he occasionally uses telepathy and he punches things. I even made a note. It took him until uh, 11 minutes and 23 seconds to get taken out by the telepathic backlash from Morgan. You know what? That's pretty good for him. Honestly, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> but 21 episodes, and we have a character that hasn't done anything yet. No. and That's and he, that's kind of upsetting. And, and he's been... 
not necessarily front and center, but he's been one of the more prevalent leaguers in a mm-hmm. handful of them. And he just doesn't, they, I don't think they know what to do with him. Well, cause he's so overpowered. Yeah. You can't just always have fire around. No, I know, but like you can have convenient kryptonite. That's, that's a little more understandable than going into a pub mm-hmm. and it's like, uh Oh, this one has a torch. <laughs> Whoops. Oh shit. <laughs> We pick the one medieval bar in all of London. <laughs> they step outside as the smoking section. Like, Fuck. <laughs> Batman, you know my weakness. Just him asserting dominance. I know. Like, it, yeah, I think they don't know what to do with him, unfortunately, yeah. which, is, which is too bad. I think he has a great character and he's got a super interesting power set. Well, I think that's why he works so much better in JLU is just the coach. Yeah. He's he's the one on the sidelines, just pointing where everyone needs to go, and and I also think he works better when he is deliberately restrained in his ability to use his powers. Like I've talked many many times about how um, DC New Frontier, the Darwin Cook comic, is my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons I love it is that because he's a detective in that, yes, he can't just utilize his powers all the times. So he can you know use his. Um, telepathy to kind of help him navigate through the crimes and solve the crimes, but he can't just turn into like some big crazy beast and fight stuff. Um, and that he's put himself in a situation where he has to hold back. And I think that helps justify him struggling. Whereas here they never really try other than just constantly, they, they, he just constantly gets professor X. Yeah. I feel like he needs like his own overarching story. Yeah. Of like, oh, you know, there's a distress signal somewhere in the universe. There's another Martian out there. Mm -hmm. And like, I have to secretly work around the league to try and figure this out. I I even feel like one way they could have justified it is the, again, the the same way they um, explain his appearance in New Frontier, which is, you know, he he presents as alien. And and that version of him is even more alien looking than the one in in the cartoon here. But he presents his alien all the way through up until the point when he decides to reveal himself as a hero. And he adopts the Martian Manhunter version that we know that has like the cape and the X and everything like that. Because he wants to present a friendly face of a hero while also not trying to pretend to not be a Martian. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you could even get a bit of that here of him being like, oh, like, you know, he give him a moment even one of the early episodes when he does like become like a full beast sort of thing. And maybe he scares, you know, just innocent passerby in the same way that Batman can sometimes. Yeah. And he looks at that and he, he knows he doesn't want to be seen as a monster. And so, you know, he, he chooses to hold back or even have him do it once and have the flash go like, Hey, like, where's this guy? He's like, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to be a monster. I have to, you know, hold myself back and, and trust that you guys are, are, you know, helping me pick up the slack. Yeah. That's all you need really. Well, because yeah, I, I agree. You need, you need that second layer because the Martian Manhunter we have here, I have a controversial opinion on this. <laughs> oh, um, Cameron's controversy. Are you about to get political here, Cameron? <laughs> about to get political. We don't do that here. Um, with this version of Martian Manhunter and, and the version of this other character we've seen, I would kind of rather this be red tornado. Ah, okay. Because they have similar things. It's trying to find their own humanity. Yeah, and they have capes. And they both have capes. And they they're and, and red accents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of aesthetic similarities, yeah. but you're right. There's there's some character similarities there mm-hmm. too. Uh, but also going back to your point of 
speaking of horrible monsters that just scare people, mm-hmm. uh, Etrian just straight up killed a guy by giving him a heart attack. He, they did say he would recover. Yes, but we don't see it. That's true. We don't see it. But, th- but that was one thing I also liked about this episode was that it, it went places I wasn't expecting. Like you kind of expect the like whole- Like the Playboy Mansion? Like the Playboy <laughs> Mansion. But, but that's exactly it. Like you expect it to be like them on this archaeological hunt and they very quickly throw up right out front. It's like, well, yeah, it's like not here in like the tomb of Camelot, which how did it take Morgan- like thousands of years to find it. We'll put that aside. She doesn't know how the internet works. That's true. That's true. She doesn't understand computers. Yeah. <laughs> She's that youth vampire having to constantly like, you know, de-boomer herself. Yeah. But she, it's pointed out to her by, by uh, Mordred, by her sons. Like, well, wh- like, yeah, like this place has already been excavated. What if one of like the archeologists who came through here and excavated found it? And she's like, oh Yeah. That's a good idea. And I love that through that idea because it didn't just make this a, a globe trotting, like we're going from one tomb to the next sort of thing, which it very could easily and took it in this totally unexpected direction, which to your point leads them to the fucking Playboy Mansion. Yes. Which I had forgotten was here, but also there is an in canon, not Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner. Exactly. So of the two archeologists, one is just like a, a doddering old man and they do a nice, like, like subtle red herring. When we first meet him. He lives in this, very nice house, the super nice neighborhood. You know, it's filled with all these old artifacts. We think this might be the guy. And then, you know, it's not him. He has a heart attack. It's the other guy whose name is Harv Hickman, the obvious who Hefner parody, who, and this is brilliant, discovers the Philosopher's Stone, a, a, a device, a, a, a tool that could literally remake the universe. And all he uses it is to get money and women. Mm-hmm. And when it's pointed out to him by Wonder Woman, he's like, well, yeah, what else is there? Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't agree, but also you're right. That is absolutely how most people would think. Yeah, he's a man. He's a man who knows what he wants. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, this is also an interesting take on the philosopher's stone itself. Because from my understanding of the stone, it's almost always just been an eternal youth gadget. I feel like that's where it's mostly used. I mean, that's obviously the way it's used in Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really know what where else it's popped up. Uh, Fulmina Alchemist. Okay. Great series where it's the. So in, in universe alchemy, this is stupid. You're going to cut this out. <laughs> oh, no, not, not if you just keep making references to it throughout the episode, then I have no choice. Yeah. Um, no, the philosopher stone in show and that show is basically like the ultimate device to use the most powerful magic. So I guess that's, yeah. that's closer to this version. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate MacGuffin, isn't yeah. it? It's like, it's, it's this incredibly rare one of a kind thing that can do whatever you want it to do. Mm-hmm. So for Harv Hickman, it's, he uses it to, basically start his version of playboy which i love to think that that's also how hugh hefner got his start with playboy I, yeah it kind of fits doesn't it yeah i don't know let me look up a young hugh hefner and see if he was good looking at all i assume so he probably was yeah also have you seen pictures of young joe biden oh yeah oh oh yeah he could get it mm-hmm. anyways um my dad had a had a membership to the playboy mansion years and years ago i mean that makes I say that makes sense not to like cast your dad in like a disparaging light, but like he was a professional athlete. It kind of makes sense. Well, it was not actually from that. It was, Oh really? Uh, he was in charge of like, uh, convention stuff for Dr. Pepper back in the day. Oh, okay. He would, you know, this was early days of booth babes. Uh, You wouldn't really hire them. You'd go to the Playboy mansion and just kind of be like, Hey, I need three girls to come to Vegas with me for a couple days. Uh, yeah, that fits. Yeah. Also, I'm looking up young Hugh Hefner. He's just okay. He's just, he's just kind of okay. He, he, he. Yeah, but imagine like a wall of money behind him. Then how does he look? Nope. 
Still now? I'm. I'm. You're. You're. You're not a. You're not a. I'm not a sugar baby. <laughs> you're not a sugar baby. Okay. I'm not a sugar baby. Okay. It's not. It's not my thing. That's fair. No. <laughs> I'd rather just be poor and lonely. <laughs> uh. Well, I have great news for you, Chris. What? Looking around your apartment, you succeeded. Thank you. I've done it. <laughs> I have done it. Um, but yeah, so they, they go off to like the, the annual Halloween party at the, uh, the Playboy Mansion. And I love they never state explicitly what it is. It's more just like oblique references. like The grotto. Like the, like the grotto or the flash make a comment like, oh yeah, I'd you know, just read it for the articles mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, and, and then the very predatory nature towards Wonder Woman. Yes. Oh yeah. But the thing is, I like how that scene plays out. Because first she's like, what is going on here? And then she very quickly realizes just how blatantly transparent this guy is. Mm -hmm. And so she just uses it to her advantage. Yeah. She's like, okay, fine. I will absolutely flirt with you to get what I want. But, you know, anyways, yeah. So they're they're at the Halloween party. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the the big cliffhanger on this one is that it seems like the Martian Manhunter lets Morgan get away with the stone. Yes. Which is like... It's okay for a cliffhanger. I think I'm a little bit forgiving of it because the rest of the episode is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we also see, you know, it is it is Martian Manhunter getting in the way of the mission. True. With Batman going down with Etrigan going down. This is true. Um, I didn't take very thorough notes. That's fair. <laughs> but you know, so that's the cliffhanger, and then you know, of course, we we jump into part two. Which is, you know, having now discovered the uh, the Philosopher's Stone av- at Harv Hickman's mansion, the League is eventually able to, you know, keep it away from Morgan and to secure it up on the the Watchtower. But uh, it looks like Jean may not have completely broken free of her thrall mm-hmm. and helps her get it back. I I enjoyed the fight scene with Flash, Wonder Woman, Morgana, and Worm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which. I meant to look this up. Why does the Flash call the worm Cecil or Cecil? Oh, it's it's uh, a reference to like a 60s, 70s show, something, Cecil and something. Oh, okay. I can't remember. No, anyways, yeah. Um, but no, the, I, I was very frustrated by this scene because everyone is like, hey, Wonder Woman, just run away with the stone. Mm-hmm. When the Flash is right there and Wonder Woman is consistently like no i don't run from a fight it's like then just fucking give it to the flash <laughs> and he'll be on the other side of the world in a second it is literally like, his he's power the ultimate champion of keep away yeah uh but no no she's like no flash like go and help these people i think that i could do so much easier because i can carry 17 people at once but no i'll just slowly fly out of the hole in the roof yep she's got it mm-hmm. uh oh here we go while trying to lure Harv, who was transformed to Worm, Flash calls him Cecil, which is a reference to uh, Beanie and Cecil, a 60s, 70s cartoon series about a boy and his sea serpent. Okay. Interesting. Uh, oh, okay. Also, uh, also in trivia for this episode, this episode reveals that Martians are not mammals, as Jean's wife has no breasts. You know what? That, I, what? that for, for Bruce Tim, that's... That sounds pretty accurate. Why is that acknowledged in these trivia notes? Because here? I'm sure Bruce said it in a fucking interview <laughs> or yeah. in, a, in a panel. Yeah, to be honest, he, he probably did. He does love he does love his boobs. Yeah. As we've seen in all of his drawings, all of his pinups. God. Oh, damn it. 
<laughs> but you are right. They really should just hand it off to the Flash. And but the Flash wasn't about to leave that mansion, was he? No, he so. was. I mean, but he he knows where it is now. He can just come back. He can just go back. Yeah. And I do love that. Um, you know, they beat the shit out of Harv when he's in his worm form, and then he just like we just get one shot of him like back to normal. Yeah. Without any explanation as and to why. It's good enough. It's fine. I, I also really enjoyed the costumes at the party. They obviously had yeah. some obvious references in there, but there were a couple that just looked like almost like uh, new gods. They look kind of like generic new god uniforms. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at a, a list here of um, costumes. Yeah. So we, we obviously see someone um, dressed up as Batman doing mm-hmm. the Bat Tootsie from the 60s show, which is yep. fantastic. Uh, a Catwoman that looks more like one of the cats from Cats. Was uh, that supposed to be Catwoman? I guess, but I mean, it, it looks like yeah, it, a character from Cats. Yeah. Um, there's a Supergirl, there's a Maxi Zeus, an old-style Aquaman. Dr. Bedlam, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, we know Bedlam. What's he from? I'm looking him up right now. There's also Black Racer, um, Viking the Black. Um, Harley Quinn is one that I remember. Yeah, there's a Harley Quinn in there somewhere. And, um, uh, a parody of Don Rickles, Omac, um, Devilence the Pursuer. I don't know what this is. And then like a version of the Phantom Stranger. Um, I mean, I think one of them did kind of have a bit of an old gods look to it. Um, I will be honest, my oh yeah, here we go. Uh Devilence is a new gods apocalypse and a hunter for Dark Side. A hunter of Dark Side. Oh, Bedlam. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And Dr. Bedlam is also a uh, New Gods character. Okay, that makes sense why well, they felt like New Gods characters. Yeah, and it makes sense. They were. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense they put them in here too because, you know. Obviously, Jack Kirby, creator of Etrigan, creator of the New Gods, kind of makes sense. They throw and we also know here. they exist in universe. We've we've this seen apocalypse. Yeah, not apocalypse. We've seen dark side. Dark side. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've seen apocalypse. The people yes. of Earth haven't necessarily seen mm-hmm. apocalypse. Yeah. So you know they're they're very topical costumes. Yes, exactly. It's like all the 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 biggest costume I saw this year was. One a couple's costume. One dresses a fly. The other dresses Pence. That's so. It's. Why? I was very bored by it. I mean, yeah, that that sounds about on par with. It's no this hanging year. chad. That's for sure. <laughs> there were probably a lot of hanging chads this year. <laughs> this this would have been a good year to bring it <laughs> this back. This would have been a good year for it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the whole sequence of the party I thought was like a lot of fun. Um, you know, and so then what happens? Oh, like they 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 have victory like they get the the stone back and they stash away on the the watchtower and like oh this is like done earlier than i was anticipating and i liked that again this took a new turn right Mm -hmm. it's like the the central conflict seems to be resolved fairly early on then of course like morgan still has you know she sends an army to go attack the watchtower but this is the first time we've had you know like a fight break out at the watchtower yeah and i i love when like a big climactic battle happens at someone's headquarters. Like I've still always wanted to see the finale of a Batman movie be set in the Batcave. Like you have to find very good, like in universe reasons to make that happen. Well, I mean, that's one of the best scenes, uh, in forever. Yeah, that's is, true. Is when the Riddler breaks in and just starts blowing everything up. Yeah. It, it adds, it adds stakes to it and it, and it takes a familiar location and turns it on its head. Also, if we're looking at it from a production perspective, super cheap. Yeah. Super cheap. I would also just love these moments where they usually are pretty nonchalant about the, uh, the, I just lost the word, the damage they do around the city. Collateral damage. Collateral damage. Yes. But like when they're in the watchtower, I would love for Batman to be like, no, no, like, just, 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 wait, 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 wait. Oh. <laughs> so be careful, be careful, be careful. 
like, Batman, throw a batarang. She's open. He's like, mm, I only have exploding batarangs left. <laughs> he's just he's just constantly swinging back and forth on his grapple, like grabbing pieces of equipment <laughs> and taking them to safety. Yes. <laughs> we all know what his priorities are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... This also, this episode implies there's only one javelin, right? Because, you know, so obviously when the League is fighting the monsters on the tower, Jean, who is still under Morgan's thrall, steals the stone and escapes in the javelin. And the Flash says, like, oh, yeah, like, and he's taking the javelin. Mm -hmm. Like, the? Yeah. The? You have a space station with only one means of getting to and from it. Also, how many javelins have been destroyed so far in the series? I think at least two. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe that's it. Maybe they're down to just one. Yeah. I mean, Batman can only fund so many at a time. That's true. He's got to wait for the next fiscal quarter before he can finance another javelin. Yeah. Which or, or he still makes Alfred clean them. <laughs> and there's just like six waiting to be cleaned mm-hmm. at the Batcave. Well, as we've established, like, uh, you know, Alfred is low on yellow sponges. So he's got to go stock yes. up on a few of them. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we also, okay, so they go... No, this is as they're leaving. Sorry, going. I'm doing a quick backtrack because there's a moment that I didn't recognize the character, and I don't remember if I saw it in the notes. As they're leaving the Playboy Mansion, you get a shot of his neighbor, mm-hmm. who is anonymous rapper. Yeah, character. I, I didn't see, at least in the notes that I'm looking at, a specific called who that's supposed yeah. to be. I, and I don't know if that was like a specific voice, if like. P. Diddy came in for a line. <laughs> Very, Jesus. Because it's, it's not Jay-Z. It's definitely not Jay-Z. Um, I'm looking here, trying to see. Uh, it certainly wasn't Flava Flav, even though he not, had the big necklace. There's no credited character or voice actor, at least on this page. Let me see if maybe on it is on IMDb. Uh, yeah, I, I think he feels like just kind of a, like a general like um, amalgamation of a mm-hmm. few different pop culture personas yes okay um man we're really i'm just i'm verbose today you're you're getting it i also always struggle with the word amalgamation i always want to call it like an amalgam yes and a name anemone and it's a man nailed it um yeah and and this there was a very important revelation for me at least and I i don't know how you felt about this but it's uh it it contradicts one of my questions from Cameron's question corner before. Okay. We learn as Morgan is talking to Mordred, um, this is the Justice League Halloween episode. Yes, this is true. It is set at Halloween. Mm-hmm. And so I must retract my earlier statement of saying we only got one Halloween episode. We've in fact had three Halloween episodes. Right? We had Oh, in the DCAU? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Static, now this. Do we have another? Wasn't there? Maybe just two. Maybe it's just, I don't remember. Neither do I. You, I mean, you you have a much sharper mind for remembering holiday-themed cartoon episodes than I do. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't... I don't remember a specific Halloween episode of any other... There may have been one back in BTOS. Well, we, we talked that like, you can kind of say that the Mad Hatter episodes... Perchance to dream feels like the closest to a Halloween episode. Yeah, there might be one back. It, or fear itself. I think it's been so long since we've done those episodes, I, mm-hmm. I, and I haven't really revisited them. Uh, oh, there's an episode of Gotham Girls called Trick or Treat, 
What's Gotham Girls? So Gotham Girls, we, I've actually never brought this up. We kind of forgot about a show. There's another show? <laughs> Gotham Girls was like a, a, a web-based show featuring, um. you know, most of the, like the female characters of Gotham City. So Batgirl, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn. I think Harley Quinn was pretty prominently featured in that. Um, technically, it's considered the DCAU, but we didn't cover it. So I don't know if we should at some point. Well, if you follow our Patreon. (laughs) Honestly, not a terrible idea. Mm, It's kind of a bad idea. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we we, sort of forgot one. That's fine. Let's not include this as a we. You forgot one (laughs) and just didn't tell me about it. Don't act like I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I we've 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 like uh we've come past my my knowledge base we've we've static shock has come and gone you're you're right and let's be honest if if i if i you i know, was only in here for static shock th- this is the price i must pay for maintaining control of the voice of the show if i if i get to like creatively steer the ship i must also you know uh be to blame for yes. our failures so yes. what's the what's the like the i can't even think of words anymore it's supposed to be a group win, but singular loss when you're talking about victory and defeat. I don't, uh, I don't know when you, when you, cause it's like the sports thing. When you talk about winning a game for those, and, and it's also a business thing. It's a business thing too. For, obviously anyone listening, you can't see me when Cameron said <laughs> sports thing. I just went, I just put my hands in there. Like what, what do you expect from me here? Like what? I know there was, there was a great meme that came out of this week. There was, it was like, um, this is what it feels like. Uh, when someone says there's only four minutes left of the football game. Yeah. And I sent that to, I sent that to one of my coworkers and it's like, I've never watched a football game. Like is something wrong in the last four minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I had a, a friend send me an overheard LA and it was like gay guy to friend, like to straight friend. It's like, is I now understand why people care about live sports. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was this week. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that term is called. I, I always just think about like, when I used to play Halo three all the time and I'd be on the losing team, but I'd be the MVP, which is the exact opposite of the thing you were talking about. Yes. But I'd feel smug as fuck being you like, should. yeah, it's like, yeah, you absolutely yeah should. I, I'm so good that my team lost, but I was still the best player on the map. Yeah. <laughs> and I lost because of my team. <laughs> all right. More celebratory Ooh. honking. Where, where were we? Oh, oh, I looked, I looked, John comes back to, I, I looked it up. It's just, oh. um, it was Carl Lumley. Who's obviously Martian Manhunter. He's credited as a voice. It's just angry guest. Okay. So we don't we don't have a, a name or a specific reference okay, that's to, fine. to who that is supposed to be. Uh, so we're kind of at the end. John brings the obelisk to Morgan. Mm-hmm. She's just converted all of London back to medieval times. Good basically. old Londinium. Yes. Um, and this, and then we have another big fight, which was a very fun fight because they lose. Yeah, pretty much everyone loses. Yeah, Etrigan is fighting John. And he kind of like brain blasts him. Mm-hmm. John brain blasts Etrigan. Morgan takes out the rest of the team. And then as John's about to give over the obelisk, he just breaks it. Yeah. Which makes me question, why didn't they just do that at the beginning? It was so easy to break. Well, I mean, okay, yes. they. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if Martian Manhunter can break it in his hands, Wonder Woman absolutely could have. It would have just like snapped when she put it in her in her belt loop. That's true. <laughs> 
That is a very tight belt yeah. loop. It's like, oh shit, like my bad, my bad. Well, so, I mean, I think there are, I mean, obviously we can look at from like a story perspective why they did this because, you know, it's not only does Jean brain blast Etrigan, but in doing so, he forced Etrigan to face his own greatest failure, which mm-hmm. was, you know, but the betrayal of Arthur and Camelot that led him to becoming the demon in the first place. And Jean seeing that played out in his own mind, he sees, you know, the, the real price of what's going to happen. He sees Morgan for who she is mm-hmm. and realizes that like his dream of being reunited with his family will never actually come to fruition. And so that's what makes him ultimately decide to turn against him. And then apparently too, I think the reason that this episode does hang on Martian Manhunter a lot is apparently it's partially based off of a Martian Manhunter comic mm-hmm. where Jean stops Morgan from obtaining the Philosopher's Stone by destroying it. So I guess that's why they had him do it at the very end. But you're Got right. It. Wonder Woman could definitely have. Anyone. Anyone. Flash could have done it. Yeah, Flash probably could have done it. Wonder Woman could have. The bouncer at the Playboy Mansion <laughs> yeah. probably could have. Harv Hickman in I his. Was Harv Hickman <laughs> probably could have. His Cecil the Worm persona could have done it. Um, Batman probably has like some mechanical vice. Yes. So with. it over with the back wheels of the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, and so then it ends with Martian Manhunter trying to quit the league for his failures. And it's like, hey, it's okay, bud. We all mess up sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jason Blood's the one who's like, you know, you are you are all still heroes. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm going to go sulk somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with this episode, we had three characters missing. Superman. Superman, Hawkgirl, and Green Lantern. Yes, this is true. Um, I, I want to start trying something or just very briefly i want to i want to try and guess what they were up to okay while this is going on okay i'm fine with this i i genuinely thought you were like what how would this episode have been different if no because like with with this episode specifically i'm glad superman wasn't in it because like superman's greatest weakness is magic yeah and i didn't want it just 40 minutes of him just getting blasted in the chest and falling to the ground right every time um okay so what are they all up to uh they're all off planet solving crimes Great. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I imagine you have slightly more. In- <laughs> you probably have slightly more in depth. No, not really. Okay. I mean, like GL. Yeah, he's probably off world. Yeah. I would like to think that Hot Girl is going to her first Halloween party, and she just like keeps getting caught up, and she just can't escape. <laughs> uh, and I like to think that uh, Clark has an article due, and Perry is just not letting him leave. He's not letting him go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know what Clark is doing. It's Halloween. He's back in Kansas handing out candies. Oh, he at, absolutely is. He That's is, sweet. He, 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 here's the thing. He's back home dressed as not Superman, but another superhero. No, he's dressed as Batman. That would be good. He's back in Kansas at his parents' place dressed as Batman handing out candy. That's very cute. I like that a lot. And he does, he does it because, like, one... He just knows it's like a fun little nod. Like it's a personal in joke for himself. I'm dressed as Batman. He knows the kids will love it, which is the main reason for doing it. Part of him, part of him knows one that Bruce would hate it if he ever found out. And two, that Bruce probably does know, but won't ever say anything. Yeah. He will never admit it. (laughs) There are many tiers of personal victory (laughs) Superman is having. Or, okay. So I like the idea of him handing out candy. I also like the idea of him making the greatest like haunted house slash Mm -hmm. like, uh, haunted maze. Oh, um, he probably, yeah, single-handedly, yeah, builds, like, a corn maze. Yeah. Like, he probably just, like, goes out and just, like, flies through the corn maze. Yeah, exactly, and that's yeah. what carves the paths. 
He just disappears for the entire month of October to turn of all of Smallville into like the world's best Halloween. Oh no! Here's what he's doing. He's going. He's flying around all the corn mazes across the world, helping kids who are lost oh. find their way out. It's a very busy month for him. <laughs> it is, but that is that is what the big blue boy scout would be doing. That is absolutely on what Halloween. Be doing. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. I approve this new segment. Yes, it shan't be cut. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but no, like I I had a lot of fun with these. Um, I, I definitely think they've found their footing now at this point. It's, it's been pretty, pretty consistently, actually, for the last few weeks here. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, like, start basically starting with the Brave and the Bold. Like, Brave and the Bold, Fury, Legends, Injustice for All. Like, these have all been pretty damn good episodes. I, yeah, because I think they, they've stopped introducing things. Yeah. We kind of get a sense of all the characters now. And I almost feel like maybe the first handful of episodes they were doing some world building some character building but also maybe they just decided to like start out with some of the filler episodes a little bit versus like having them be in the middle because once the pace picked up it's like been pretty consistent and they've been willing to like go and like let's play with these like cool weird out there villains yeah rather than just generic aliens which is kind of what we got initially right off the bat mm-hmm. with like war world and in black is night so um yeah no these have been fantastic i really yeah. love these i mean i'm always a fan of a king arthur story <laughs> that's true were you sad we never saw excalibur or king arthur no i was i was okay with it yeah i've seen enough of him okay have you though no there's no such thing as there's enough always more no you went and saw the guy ritchie film i did so twice cl- so, oh. <laughs> clearly you are a glutton for punishment when it comes to anything arthur mm-hmm no, I mean, I've brought this up before. The ultimate punishing film was Silence, my Catholic guilt Oh, film. that's that's true. Yeah, the mm-hmm. three-hour Martin Scorsese, yeah. whatever you want to call that. I, I, <sighs> I won't. I won't. I just won't. I won't. Event. I don't it's need not to. even a film. It's an event. Yeah, I don't need to bother with it. No. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on this, or should we uh, do our plugs for the week? Uh, I think we can move on to plugs. I think we, we got everything all we right. want to talk about. Uh, Cameron, what do you got to plug this week? What you plugging? So I just needed as much distraction this week as possible. Understandable. And so I texted you. I crafted my own marathon. Yes. For Tuesday to get me through the day. Mm-hmm. And I did an early 2000s Amanda Bynes marathon. <laughs> yep. Yes. And so I watched. She's And I did like, I felt like the, the streaming gauntlet. Because uh, I watched She's the Man, which mm-hmm. spectacular film. So I've I heard. Um, I don't know why it didn't reach the same caliber as like a Mean Girls or Easy A, because mm-hmm. it definitely deserves it. Every yeah. one of those lines is is like a great joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on HBO Max. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I watched Big Fat Liar. Okay. Definitely holds up. Does it now? It does. There was something about that movie, and I don't know how it felt being from California or people like from LA specifically, how seeing this like glorified version of Hollywood through the eyes of a kid, mm-hmm. but like as a kid watching that, it made this whole land look magical. And it honestly, it brought a little bit of that magic back in me. Well, thank God, because it's, it's few and far between now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's a fun watch. That I, I recommend it. it. It does like actually hold up decently. Okay. Um, and that's on Peacock. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Easy A. I mean, Easy A is a stone cold oh my modern gosh, classic. Yeah. Unbelievable movie. Oh, everyone in that is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's on Netflix. I miss funny Emma Stone. Me too. Like, she's still funny, obviously, but 
She doesn't make funny movies anymore. Yeah. And it's, ah, oh, I mean, and she's incredibly talented. I'm not going to say that she's not. I mean, she's amazing in The Favorite, just for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but Did she win Best Supporting in, for that? I don't remember. Because I'm hoping, no, like... No, 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 oh. no, no, no. She and Rachel Wise were both nominated for Best Actress because oh, Olivia Coleman won for Best Supporting. Won That's for right. Best Supporting yes. and gave the world's best Oscar speech. Ever. Yes, I, yes, that is right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there was an SNL skit that popped up on my YouTube feed of um, when Emma Stone was on, and it was about shopping when you're uncomfortable with your body. And it's 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 kind of funny to see, like, like obviously everyone on SNL is beautiful, yeah. but seeing the other girls of SNL and then Emma Stone come in, it's like, yeah, I'm just not as pretty as the other girls. I'm like, you're fucking Emma Stone. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's the, but she is so so funny. Yeah, and and like I mean, immediately magnetic and charismatic. You know, I mean, right even from the beginning with um, super bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially Easy A, I feel like that was kind of like her big breakout in terms of being a a, a star. And yeah, oh God, she's so good. So that's a hell of a marathon, Cameron. It was good. It's yeah. it's very. All three of those 10 out of 10 films, I highly recommend checking out any of them. I, I believe, as I said to you, like it was the perfect way to keep the madness at bay by doing a pre-madness Amanda Bynes yes. marathon. Which apparently, as someone informed me, She's the Man is what started her spiral. Oh, really? Yeah, Aww. because you know she's dressed as a man the whole time, and at the premiere, it was like the first time seeing herself like that, and it made her like super uncomfortable with her own body. Aww. And that's when all the like mental problems started from... Like that's that kind of sucks. That's actually really heartbreaking. Yeah, it's so much easier to make fun of people when you don't know their actual genuine pain. <clears throat> yeah. Damn it, Cameron. I know. I'm sorry. Now I have. Damn it. Now I'm empathetic for Amanda Bynes. I know. Shit. But also, I forgot that I also did this because I texted you. I finally finished Clone Wars. That's right, you did. Holy yeah. shit. Holy shit. That that was unbelievable. Yeah. We have to talk about that at some point. Not mm. today, obviously, but at some yeah. point. Yeah, at some point we do need to talk about it. It, it is it's some of the best Star Wars ever oh made. Oh my like it way went beyond the hype that everyone has been talking about. Cause like leading up to it, I was pretty lukewarm to Clone Wars. I wasn't, you know, like I was into it for most of it. Yeah. And like when season seven started, like Bad Batch was great. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of those three episodes in between. Like, okay, yeah, like I'm watching, but I'm kind of playing a game on the side. Oh, oh yeah, when like we, we figure out what Ahsoka's been up to. Yeah. With the with her new friends and everything. Yeah, those are fine. Yeah, they're they're good. They're on par with the rest of Clone Wars. Uh I mean, yeah, I'd say they're they are on par with like overall the, the quality yeah. of Clone Wars. Clone Wars has some exceptionally good episodes in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah but I, I think the best is those last three, four episodes. Four episodes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy shit. If you if you were like me and you were just kind of like, man, I'll get to it eventually, like fucking get to it. Yeah. Cause like this and I, I think I texted you that the second I finished the episode, I'm like, I need to rewatch this now. Yeah. Cause like I feel like I missed so much of Ahsoka's story. It's yeah, it's it's really, really good. And like there's probably like an article out there, but like here are the key episodes to watch going into it. Or Kotaku maybe, has a really good one. That's the one okay. I follow. Okay, yeah. Um, or maybe they even like an article like here's the things you need to know going in to like explain the the world building that happens prior to it. But it's it's really great because it, it's sort of like <laughs> this is sort of reference I'm surprised you didn't make. It's the it's the Lion King 1.5 of the Clone Wars. Yes, it is. Of, of uh, Star Wars Episode 3, where it's like the events of Episode 3 are playing out and referenced off to the side, but it's specifically focused on what 
Ahsoka is doing during those events. Correct. And it's so good. Oh my God. I am still kind of in shock at how good yeah. that was. Um, and it has, I think one of the best lightsaber fights because it was actually mo-capped and Ray mm-hmm. Park came back to do the, um, I mean, it's not, it's not really a spoiler to say, cause it's like, everyone's talking about it, but Ahsoka fights Maul yeah. who's back. And if you don't know how, again, there's articles, you can watch episodes that explain how, um, but that fight he came back for and the fight choreography is brilliant. And it's, it's some of the best Star Wars fight choreography ever. It's unbelievable. Like I, I need to go and apologize to all my friends that tried to talk to me about it before. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. Like, I am so sorry that I robbed you of that chance to talk about this more. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. It's, it's really, really good. Yeah. There's a lot of that series that's skippable. I mean, it's seven seasons. It's not short. There's a lot to get through. 26 episodes each. Yeah. So there's a lot to skip, but there's also a lot of really good stuff in there. And Mm -hmm. if you watch it, you will appreciate that. And, and my cousin actually said this to me once, and I think it's very true. The original trilogy movies are better, obviously. Yes. The world of the prequels is actually much more interesting. Mm-hmm. They just, Lucas didn't know how to capitalize on that. Yeah. Um, and I think the Clone Wars helps make up for that mistake. I think in, so too. In it it definitely ways. bridges between the two yeah. very well. Yeah. And in the Kotaku one, again, for people who, who want to get in, um, it, it breaks down every arc because it's kind of like Justice League where every arc is kind of three to five episodes. Yeah. Um, sometimes broken up between like, you know, episode one, four, seven, twelve. Yeah. Also, it's, it's, very very, it's a very crazy <clears throat> viewing order as well. Yes. Wildly so, out of order. The Kotaku article gives you the exact arcs to watch and then also a brief description of them. So like if you're just not feeling that arc, you can just kind of skip it. Yeah, because there are a lot. I, I watched it all the way through the first time, and I went to go back to do a rewatch earlier this summer. I skipped basically anything that was Jar Jar or like a droid focused episode. Yeah, and and the list also skips all of those. Yeah, you just you don't. I think there was one Jar Jar arc in like season three it wanted me to watch. I'm like, no, I'm yeah. okay. I don't need it's, it. And like, look, it does like it actually does a good job like giving that character something to do and making him like not as annoying as he was in the movie and it, you know it's, it's a little bit of justice for him years down the line um but it's it's also very skippable yes so but what about you chris what have you been watching listening reading uh so i <laughs> how have you been distracting yourself this week i uh this i mean this week work kept me very very busy primarily yes. um but just prior to this week, I had finished a book that I've been reading for the last month, which in hindsight was probably a really dumb decision on my part. So it is called Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's by Casey McQuiston. And I'd heard about it because it's, you know, it's supposed to be like kind of a, a light, fun, gay romance book. And, you know, I'm like, sure, why not? I'll read it. It should be a light, fun read. And it is. And it's fun. And it's funny. The general idea is that it is, you know, a fictionalized version of our world where the son of the president starts dating one of the princes of England. It's obviously like it's it's a different family in the White House. It's a different royal lineage um, out in the UK. And, you know, it's 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 a fantasy, like not like Knights and Dragons and shit. Not the fantasy we've been talking about the rest of the episode. Now you mentioned it. I do imagine Don Jr. or Trump or uh, Eric. And uh, Philip is that the the oldest son? No, it's Prin- the husband. Prince Philip. Yeah, it's um, Charles is the next in line. But okay, the, yeah. of the kids, it's it's William and Harry. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go with who's the older one? William. We'll go with William. He's and actually Don in Jr. line. 
But yeah, he's actually in line for the, for the throne. Okay. But no, I mean, yeah, so it's like, so it's, it was a bad decision on my part on multiple levels. Because I decided to read like a, you know, a very exaggerated, you know, like gay romance fantasy that involved idealized politics where like the first democratic female president from Texas is in office and like her like biracial son, you know, experiences this, this like sexual awakening. I decided to read that whilst in lockdown being gay and single before a very, very contentious election. Yes. <laughs> it's it, like, it was very, it was, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It was just bad time in my part because it just like pushed every single button I had mm-hmm. <laughs> all at the same time. I get it. I get uh, it. Yeah. But so when you just stand in the shower being really sad for a couple minutes. Yeah. Kind of. Like, oh man, this sucks. Kind of. But, but it, it is, it is fun. It is funny. You know, it's, it's a, it's a lovely, like modern flight of fantasy. Um, you know, so if that's your, your cup of tea, I would recommend giving it a, that's fine. giving it a read. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that was my plug for the week, but uh, as promised, we're still going to do question corner. It's a perfect day to like to nestle up in a question corner. As I said, it is, it is so overcast. Cozy. A little you have bit of the fire going. Yeah. Sitting in I a know. nice leather chair. Yes. We, 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 we've put on the, put on the kettle. We got a cup on the way. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Gabriel, what you is got some moon river playing oh. quiet, somberly in the background? Oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> What is our question for this week, Cameron? Uh, this is a pretty simple question for you, Chris. And okay. It's, it's one I've been very excited to talk about recently. Um, what are some of the best hero villain pun names? Yes. You you specifically love your puns. I, I can't stand them most of the time. I do, and it's funny because we've been you've been trying to make this question happen for a long time, and I kept putting it off because I just you challenged. My, one of my greatest weaknesses, which is having to be clever on demand. Yes, I agree that it is a very big challenge. I, I can pull a pun out of thin air and it can be the worst slash best pun imaginable. Um, but it has to happen naturally on the fly. If I'm like told to sit down and come up with them, it is much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I can at least settle for trying to like look up some good superhero pun names. Turns out there aren't a lot. Um, also, it's very, very hard to find. Um, I did come across, apparently, there's a, a webcomic called Everyday Heroes that's, like, filled with a bunch of pun names. Like, um, there's one character who's a shapeshifter whose name is Matamorph. Okay. Which is pretty f- good. Um, there's another one who's, like, part insect and his name is Gnat, which is, which is you know, not, not so bad. It's not bad. Um, but, like, overall, they're they're kind of okay. Um, uh, I found, like, a couple other heroes... But a lot of the a lot of the puns are like the superhero's name is almost identical to their real life names. Like Captain Adam is Nathaniel Adam, or for fuck's sake, Black Bolt is Blackagar Boltagon. <laughs> That's the best one. I love that. <laughs> that is that is the best one. Uh, I think I think you had this written down too, Mister Miracle. Yes. Uh, you you go ahead and say it. Yeah, Mister Miracle's name is Scott Free. That's which so is, good. Which is very clever. But there aren't a lot of like actual superhero pun name so well, there's I, the the ones that we've mentioned before on the podcast the mm-hmm. the one we consistently would get wrong we have carmen dillo oh that's and right armadillo and armadillo yes. yes which <laughs> is so I, i'm still working my way through invincible that is like uh i forgot the guy who wrote it robert kirkman robert kirkman thank you i was about to say kaufman mm-hmm. kirkman uh that's his like go-to kind of hero name where yeah. it's like mixing in the person's name okay so uh 
the main people we see are Adam Eve, mm-hmm. uh, who her, her power is kind of like Firestorm's power. Okay. And her name is Eve. So obviously her, uh, one of the members of her team is Rexplode. <laughs> I'm like, I fucking hate it. Yes. Um, and then yes. we were introduced later to twins who both have the power of multiplication <laughs> and it's duplicate K A T E and multiple, which I'm just like, I fucking hate that one. Love it. Oh, I can't. When I read it, like I felt my whole body just go numb of anger. <laughs> I need to read this comic. I think I'd have a lot of fun with it. It is. It's, it's great. I'm still, I'm probably like issue 40 ish at this point. Okay. It's very good. Okay. All right. Um, the one that that I love to bring up is H two Olga. Yeah, of course. Anyone yeah. that's able to like attach the name to an acronym, yeah, is so good. There's H two Olga and D and Amy from Kim Possible. D and Amy, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I feel like Fairly Odd Parents had had some good ones in there. I mean, obviously the Crimson Chin and his entire Rose Gallery is probably yes. some of the best ever. Yes, Brass Knuckle, Titanium Toenail, Iron mm-hmm. Lung. Yeah, <laughs> Iron uh, Lung. Iron Lung. Oh, it's so good. It's amazing, and that. I think that's what you need for this stuff to work. It doesn't really work in mainstream comics because it's not played for meta laughs, mm-hmm. um, which makes it a little bit harder. Yes, because there's a Marvel villain, which I I, uh, I, I shared with you last time, mm-hmm. named the Phone Ranger. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, he's from the 80s, and he just like interrupts phone calls, I guess. I don't know what his power is. He looks very dumb, and he yeah. looks very fun. Um some other ones that I have in here from sky high. Oh, sky high had good ones. Yeah. yeah the, the, uh, anti-hero, his name is Warren peace. Brilliant. Oh yeah. The guy who was like the, the kid of a hero and a villain. Yeah. Right? His dad's a villain. Mom's a hero. It's obviously war and peace. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so good. That one's pretty damn good. Um, I think the best one that I've ever seen is from the Incredibles. And it's the villain that Mr. Incredible fights with Bucky, not Bucky. Oh, with Buddy. Buddy, thank you. With yeah. Syndrome. Yeah. Uh, his name, he's the French explosions expert named Bomb Voyage. It is brilliant. I'm like, that is Brad Bird. God damn it. I know. What, what a genius. I dream of reaching that <laughs> caliber of pun name. It is. It is absolutely one of the best. Mm-hmm. Now, did you try and come up with any original ones? Oh, have I? Okay. <laughs> I've been I, doing I, for the past two months. I came up with a few. Please share. Okay. Um, so I have uh, the Golden Ruler, who is oh, that's a, good. his ability is to like um, control people's minds if they like wear any gold on them whatsoever. This one's a little obvious, but the Pun Isher. Oh God. Who? No. Who? <laughs> Kills people with increasingly elaborate puns. Is this so? I, I'm working on something where I've turned the filibuster into a hero. <gasps> I think I have to make the Punisher yes. his nemesis. Yes. Um, and then probably my worst slash best is Burrista, who has the ability to make anyone have a brain freeze um, from good. any liquid they consume. I, I really like that. Regardless one. of the temperature. That's very good. So. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I realized there's a very thin line between a good pun name and just a Pokemon name. Because that's what a lot of Pokemon <laughs> names have turned into. They're kind of just like puns on animals. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. Because um, there's one very dumb one that I thought of recently. Um, the hero Pomperoar. 
Okay. Where I imagine it's a pompadour that has like an like a crocodile mouth. Yeah. That you can use to or a attack. lion. Or a lion's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pompadour is like so. Um, it goes out so far, so I, I feel like it needs something with a long snout. And that's why I oh, went alligator first. You're right. I'm 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 conflating a pompadour with a bouffant. Yeah. No, a pompadour is the <laughs> the, the '60s hair, the greaser hair. Sorry. I just I need to give myself a minute to acknowledge that I just uttered that phrase. Uh, continue, continue. No, you're fine. You're 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 being the best you you've ever been. Um. Oh my my word! One of my most hated one is flamingo, where it's something where a guy can light his legs on fire. I don't know how it works yet. Well, I mean, you, uh, you could also oh, okay flame. You could also do like flaying, like with a knife. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, the flamingo. Yes. Yes. Um. What else do I have in here? Pomegranite. <laughs> Don't know what the power is, but I just love the name. Yep. Uh, or we can just simplify it to granite, and they just turn, it's a knight made of stone. Uh, what about like the pomegranate? Pomegranate's good. Yeah. Isn't that just like lemonade made with pomegranates? Fuck, I don't, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it's a grenade that looks like a pomegranate. Yeah. Uh, the corrugated contender. That's not really a pun. That's just a fun name. Yeah. Uh, what about like, the corrugator. Oh, a crocodile made of cardboard? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the most useless crocodile in the world. <laughs> he goes in the water and he just immediately crumples. But yes. hey. Uh, and then my favorite slash least favorite is the Australian musical villain, Didgeridoom. It's, I'm, I've Googled it. I've Googled it and I'm almost hurt that no one has thought of it yet. That is so, so brilliant. That, that is on par with Bomb Voyage. Oh, th that's, that is an honor. All right. That is a true honor. Absolutely. Like it, it's, you know exactly what that is. It's right. Like the, 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 the MO and like the theme are in the title. Yes. Um, so I, I throw out because I've been very slow at working on this. I've been trying to draw all my pun, all my pun heroes yeah. recently. I'm going to throw the challenge out to all the listeners who like to draw. Mm -hmm. If you could please pick any of these and just do a nice quick sketch of uh, any of these heroes, villains, or an original, if you have your own. Yes. Or an original. Pun. I would yeah. love to hear your original pun hero villain. Yeah. That those are really, really good. Cameron. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, I'm glad we finally did the question. Me too. Yeah. We have run a little bit long, so it may not end up in the fun. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, uh, if, you, if you do come up with any art or if you have uh, some suggestions, I'd say probably the best way to reach us is at TimTalkPod on Twitter or Instagram. Yes. Uh, and along those lines, uh, we did get a, a, a message, a note from a friend. My apologies. We probably got more. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest after I posted the episode on Tuesday and it published on all the social media platforms, the episode is up. I just didn't go back to Twitter until that's very smart. Just go dark on social media until an today. hour, an hour literally before, um, we recorded this episode. Uh, but conveniently an hour before we did get a message and Cameron, I'm going to have you read this one. Cause I know you have oh, access gosh. to the Twitter. And since this is your friend, Trey, it who, is who wrote in, uh, with a very, very specific complaint that caught you by surprise. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Uh, so he, he was mentioning a conversation last week, my, my great friend Trey Whitaker. Uh, I can't believe y'all talked about Toonami without talking about the greatest show added to the 2000s zeitgeist, Magus XLR. It was a representation of the fourth wall breaks before I could even understand them, and I was amazed at how they were. Despite it aging poorly, it still sticks out in my mind, throwing fourth wall breaks in my face and finally understanding their comedic value. Uh, well, Trey, I have some news for you. We did talk about it last <laughs> week. And all-powerful overlord Chris with his edits yeah. removed it. Yeah. I mean, you didn't know that, that was my nickname, Chris the Overlord? Yes. There's another button there. There you for go, you. Overlord. Um, yes, you did. You and Sam did talk about it at length last week. Yes. It's um, a great show. Highly recommend going back and watching it. And I cut I'm, it. <laughs> I'm singing a theme song right now. If you don't hear it, Chris is cutting I'll it. I'll cut it. Uh, look, that was a long episode we did last week. <laughs> it was super fun, um, but it was a long episode. The original recording was almost two hours. I got that bad boy down to like an hour 25. I got like under an hour 30, which is pretty good. I had an afternoon to do it, and it nearly broke me. Yes. Uh, which is part of the reason why this week I'm like, no more news. Yeah. <laughs> I and can't the, do and this. this is me picking up the scrap <laughs> on the floor and throwing it back in your face. I'm I not going to say I told him to send us that message, <laughs> but I highly influenced it. <laughs> Oh wait! You, wait, this wasn't. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! When you when you reminded me that we had a message today, I thought this had all happened organically. Are you kidding me? You actually told Trey to message. This? No, we were we were talking about it last night, and he listens to the show, uh, which is a, I'm very thankful. Thank you, Trey, for being one of my only friends that still listens to the show. Um, and he, we were talking about tsunami, and he brought up like, oh, why didn't you guys talk about Magus? <laughs> And I'm like, we did. And I, you know, do not listen to our episodes very often. Did you go listen to it? No. Oh, okay. And I'm like, no, what do you mean? We did talk about Magus. And he's like, no, it's not in the episode. And then I got very mad at you for cutting it out. <laughs> I, and so you, he's like, should I message Chris? I'm like, you should fucking message Chris right now. Oh, okay. Wait, hang on. I thought this was an organic note from friends. This is, <laughs> this is some sneaky subterfuge right here. Okay, Cameron, you have become... The Benedict Arnold slash Jason Blood of this podcast. How? Explain to you me how I help Morgana in this situation. You have betrayed me. Betrayed you? You hurt me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last it, episode of Tim Talk. It, caught, it, it gave me no pain whatsoever to cut out that five minute long rant <laughs> you guys had about the show I did not care about last week. It's fine. I got it out now. That's all. I just need the world to remember Magus. That's all I care about. You bastard. Yes. But if you also have any other messages you want to send to us, <laughs> curated or not, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Gmail. Yes. Mailed yes, it. you can. Yes. If you have any personal... That felt very weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what, what is happening? Yeah. If you have personal gripes, you can send them there. Uh, or you can send them to me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Well, he was going to send it directly to you at first. Yeah. I said to no message the Tim Talk page to do it. Yeah, because then I'll actually read it out loud. Yes. You bastard. <laughs> you fucking traitor. Uh, well, if if we keep doing these episodes, I don't know. I have to see how I recover from this, this absolute betrayal. <laughs> this backstabbery. Yeah, here, Chris, here's a wooden horse. I hope you have fun with it. <laughs> 
if we if we come back next week, uh, we will be talking about uh, metamorphosis, uh, the introduction of metamorpho. Yes, which will be a, metamorpho, which will be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, until then, thank you everyone for listening. I uh, hope everyone is having a lovely, slightly more hopeful day today. Yes, so, yes. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at. Can't, oh my god, I'd never go first. This is weird. I know you've, you've really fucked this all up. How am I? You were supposed to throw to yourself first. <laughs> no, you you just started going off. You like you did the the podcast stuff. I normally do that. You can find me at Cameron.dexter or Camdexter underscore adventures on Instagram and only Instagram. <laughs> and Chris. I already I did mine. When did you do yours? I just did it just now. Did I just completely spaced yeah. out for a second. You've totally turned this whole thing around. I am so sorry. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Is that where we're at? I guess so. I don't even know anymore. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> now you gotta do the theme song thing. Da 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 da. <laughs>